WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Hello, everybody. This is WVUA 90.7 FM, the capstone, and welcome to episode number 50 of the Full Court Press podcast, The Big 5-0, Dikembe Mutombo. My name is Jamie Martinez, and I'm joined by Alex Chasen and Nick Atkinson. To stay up to date, make sure to follow us on Instagram at fcppodcast underscore UA. With that being said, let's get into it. 50 podcasts. That equals out because there's 52 weeks in a year to around once a week for a full year. Crazy. I think we all deserve a... No? Okay. Yeah, if you're at home right now, just start clapping. Only, only, okay, only me got you. But yeah, yeah. One podcast a week, pretty much for the average, for an entire year. That's great. But let's get into the news for Podcast 50. Sham Sarania reported that 76ers guard James Harden is going to be missing the start of training camp. No surprise, the drama has carried over. He wasn't there for media day yesterday. A later report that actually came out right before this podcast, because, you know, some news last week decided to come out after the podcast, but it's okay. We'll get to that today. But yes, James Harden will be attending Colorado, where they are, for their first few week or days of practice. They're out there in Colorado, and James Harden will be attending. So he's coming in. What is that mood going to be like for the Philadelphia 76ers? I think it's going to be a little weird, because I mostly think James Harden is there to just avoid the fines, Mm. because they were talking about how he could lose millions of dollars not showing up to practices and camp and whatnot. So I think he'll be there just to avoid the fines, maybe talk it out with his teammates, see what's going on. Um, I still don't think he'll be a 76er. Um, I don't think I think his his time as a Sixer is done with. I could see him being a Clipper. I think that's the most reasonable situation, even though they don't want to trade first round picks. We'll see what happens. Uh, definitely a situation to keep your eye on. Yeah, I just think it'll be hostile. It'll be kind of weird. It'll be maybe we'll see some reports like how whenever Jimmy Butler went to training camp with the Wolves, it was kind of awkward, some stuff like that. But uh, you know. I think he'll be traded very soon as well. After everything he said about Daryl Morey, obviously the general manager is going to be at the practices in some capacity, at least there. It's going to be interesting to see if anyone records anything on the media side, how that works. I think it would be awesome. I mean, Daryl Morey is – because you know how the Sixers signed Kelly Oubre? You know the whole situation where James Harden has major beef with Kelly Oubre? Does he? Yeah, because Kelly Oubre was at a party in Houston one time that James Harden was throwing, and James Harden was with this girl that he took to this party, and Kelly Oubre ended up leaving with that girl Mm. and is now married to that girl that James Harden was... Never heard of that. ...that had relations with, and now James Harden has major beef with Kelly Oubre. And now, look, Kelly Oubre's a 76er, so I think Daryl Morey's kind of getting into the head of James Harden a little bit. I know Kelly Oubre's a good signing. I think he will. Well, if he was trying to get into the head of him, he would trade him to whatever team benefits the Sixers. He'd probably trade him to to the Trailblazers for... I just think Daryl Morey's being a little, you know, a little mean or something, but playing mind games. I think that's all it is. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's just going to, I think, I've said this before, even probably on the podcast, but they just got to trade him for good depth because they have Embiid, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey should get a lot better. They mm-hmm. just got to trade them for depth. For depth, yeah. Which and the, a, a team specifically could give them that, the Clippers. You know? Yes, but the, yeah, I know you're all for that, but it's just like the conversations haven't really gotten anywhere. So what, what would a package look like for you, Nick? Terrence Mann. They um, love him, though. They said they don't want to trade him. No, they'll have to. Um, it's. I mean, it's more of they don't want to give first. So that's what it is. Um, Terrence Mann, Morris, and probably Batum. Two firsts. 
I just don't know if that's good enough. I'd say you gotta throw Norman Powell in there. Oh, that yeah, that's what I meant to say, yeah. Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, and probably either Morris or Batum probably will be Morris. Bones. That, it'll be one of the two of Bones or Terrence Mann. It won't be both of them. I think Terrence Mann, yes, is better right now, but he's older. Because he came into the league old. Mm -hmm. I think that they will probably would they would prefer to have Terrence Mann, but, I mean, if they want to have Bones, that's even better for the Clippers. I mean, if the Clippers are able to get Harden without trading Terrence Mann, then they'll, you know. I would say then, if I'm the 76ers, because they're still trying to compete, I I'd try to get Terrence Mann. But also, if you could get Bones Highland, it's nice for a young point guard who still has a little bit of unknowns to him. Mm. But moving on, Devin Vassell gets his money. Rookie contract coming to a close. He signs a five-year, $146 million contract extension, which with the new CBA, that ain't a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of money. For us, it's a lot of money. But looking at it with the new CBA, that contract extension isn't hurting the Spurs' pockets that much where guys are getting 300. Just, that's overpaid. That's an overpay. Mm, I disagree, because like I just said with the new CBA, that's why I put it that way. I don't know. I mean, you five years ago, you were paying James Harden, Steph Curry, and Westbrook 200, $200 million. But I'm saying that's right, because it's gone up, where 146 equals out to... Uh, but a guy like that, who's unproven, he maybe deserves 100 But that's the point. Like, 10 years ago, $100 million was $146 million. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, so... I like the signing. I mean, Devin Vassell had a very good year last year. He's a, I mean, he's going to be that main scorer for the San Antonio Spurs. I know Kelton Johnson is like an 18, 19 points per game guy. Devin Vassell is around the same. But I think he could take that jump alongside Victor Webanyama and Jeremy Sohan, all those guys. I could see him getting up to 21, 22 points a game. He's just a phenomenal scorer. I could continue to see him improving. He's still very, very young. And he's a baller. Shout out Devin Vassell. He got the bag. He what about Trey Jones? Trey Jones, I mean, he'll, he'll get some assists. I don't know why you don't like Trey Jones. I, it's, it's not that I weird. dislike Trey Jones. I just think he's not phenomenal. He's great, I think. Vassell only, only played 38 games last year and averaged 18.5 points on 44% from the field, just a little bit under 40% from three. So solid numbers in just 38 games. Hopefully he can stay on the court longer and earn that money when it kicks in. There's an update on the John Morant suspension. Not so much the suspension itself. That's 25 games. That's not changing. But something that's interesting that you usually don't see with suspensions, John Morant, per Tim... You, you made fun of me the way I pronounced this guy's name. Time. Last time he made a uh, report. McMahon? But oh. it's not. It's Mac, Mac Mahone. You want to say McMahon? Tim McMahon. All right, we'll say Tim McMahon. We got a report from him before. But anyways, he said John Morant will be able to practice and travel with the team during his suspension. Quote, I think it's great for John. It's great for our group, Grizzlies GM Zach Kleiman said. So basically, which is rare for suspensions, John Morant is going to be able to practice and travel with the team. He just can't play. Now, I doubt he'll be able to be on the sidelines. I feel like that might be pushing it for a suspension. But he definitely is able to travel, probably stay in the team hotel, maybe get a box if they want to treat him that way. But he can practice, which is key for creating that chemistry that we were maybe concerned about for 25 games. It's going to be smart in D. Rose's backcourt. Obviously, Desmond Bain is going to be the main scorer. But at the point guard position, it's going to be smart in D. Rose. Is John Morant going to be able to have that chemistry when he comes back to then make a deep playoff push? This answers that question because he's still going to be able to practice. What do you guys think? Um, well, for one, I, I would have to agree. It's McMahon or however he was saying it for yeah, sure. Make, that, nah. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think that um, – I think that it, that's a positive thing. I mean, John Morant missed a lot of time last year, and Tyus Jones was the main point guard, and they did really good with Tyus Jones as being the main point guard. Even without Steven Adams, they were the second seed in the Western Conference, and then now you add Steven Adams back onto that team and the defensive player of the year a couple years ago too. So I think they'll be really good. And then I think chemistry won't be too much of an issue. I mean, it's a team that's been brought up together the last five years. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think chemistry is going to be hurt. I'm not going to say one bit, but it's not going to be affected much. Uh, I think the Grizzlies are going to be just fine without John Moran. They were last year, and I think they will be this year with addition to Marcus Smart, one of the top defenders in the NBA. And Derrick Rose, we'll see what he could do. Didn't really get much playing time last year. Hopefully he could show out a little bit. Everybody loves Derrick Rose. So are you going to say anything there? I, I don't really love Derrick Rose. <laughs> really? but that's oh, you're a Russ point, guy, so but, um, I, I could see it. But I was going to say, I think also not having Dylan Brooks on the team will be very bad. I think so, too, because they're not going to be, like, talking themselves into, you know. They're not going to be having being a heavy ego team yeah he, you know how he is so. they can't back up things they can't well, yeah you know the phrase what i'm trying to say i mean that's just what's gonna happen to the rockets yeah. this year but they're just gonna be horrible yeah no, the rockets like, well, they be won't terrible. be like terrible they'll be like a 40 38 win type of team but i think they improved a lot i really yeah. like the rockets this year but back to the grizzlies i think they're gonna be just fine without john moran and when he does come back they're gonna be just fine Mr. Beast is not just a YouTuber. You're probably like, why am I saying that? Well, he is a business king. The Charlotte Hornets are launching a jersey patch. So you know the sponsorship on the jerseys in the top left-hand corner of every NBA jersey. Well, Mr. Beast becomes the first influencer to partner with an NBA franchise for the team's sponsorship. I'm going to give my take on this first. Fantastic business move if you look at it from this way. Mr. Beast is not just a, he's created a whole brand. Like, he is now, like, the GOAT of YouTube. He's yep. created, like, an entire brand. He's got chocolate, which is what this sponsorship is with Feastables. It's not just Mr. Beast. It's his chocolate brand. They have trouble selling out the stadium. I can already see Beast Nights, you know, where Mr. Beast comes into the stadium. Everyone's parents are going to be bombarded by their little kids to get tickets to go see the Charlotte Hornets. Great move. You got Michael Jordan out of there. He wasn't selling tickets. Mr. Beast will. I think this is awesome for the Charlotte Hornets. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, for a lot of the reasons Alex said, but the Mr. Beast, he's a Carolina boy. I feel good for him. He's from North Carolina. He's got his partnership with what I'm going to assume was the childhood team and the Charlotte Hornets. From what I understand, I believe the Hornets reached out to Mr. Beast first, which was super cool in my opinion. I think that really goes towards their, their business mindset there and getting the kids over to watch their games. I think the Hornets are going to be – Fair, or I think they're going to be successful this year with Lamella Ball. Surprise a lot of people. Yeah, Lamella Ball if he stays healthy. Brandon uh, Brandon Miller, the rookie out of Alabama, roll tide. So I mean, if they're going to get all these kids to watch Charlotte Hornets games and they're going to see some wins, I think that's going to rack up uh, more people showing up to games. So I think this is a big move for the yeah. Charlotte Hornets. I agree because mm -hmm. the only thing that was really pulling in fans, especially last year since Lamella was injured, was potentially meaning to baby. Yeah. yeah, potentially like, too. Yeah, he like, well, I knew a few games. people that met the baby because I mean every game I go to, he's in the same spot. If you're like looking from the left, the left, uh, yeah, the left basket or whatever, you sit behind there. He's like right there to the right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's always a few celebrities that show up to every game, and now you have more than just the baby to go and watch a Charlotte Hornets game. So. Mr. Beast is bigger. Big oh, yeah. I mean, he has – how many subscribers does he have? Like, like 150 million or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, look that up real quick because I know it's absurd. Uh, the biggest American YouTuber ever. I'm waiting for that Troy Dan sponsorship for the he Toronto Raptors. 188 million subscribers. Yeah, that's absurd. That so kind of insane. Yeah, everybody knows who Mr. Beast is. The Charlotte Hornets are going to get a ton of – Viewers and no more maybe even more sponsorships. Uh, what's it called? Seats, nosebleed seats. No more of that. Nope, not at all. But now getting into the real meat and potatoes of today's show, the trades that happen to go down, of course, on Wednesday when we record on Tuesdays. If you saw the video on Instagram, thank you very much for watching it. Hopefully, you dropped a like and you got our immediate takes on it on Wednesday. Podcast wise, let's jump right into it. 
starting off with the original trade, so then we'll go into the one after. So let's just talk about the first trade that went down. We'll go through it, and then we'll jump over to the second part of that. That happened a few days later over the weekend. Starting off with the Woj bomb. Damian Lillard heads to the Milwaukee Bucks. And it wasn't just, you know, like a, a one-for-one. It wasn't just like a two-team trade. A three-team behemoth with the Suns and, of course, the Portland Trailblazers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Starting off, Damian Lillard to Milwaukee. The Blazers get DeAndre Ayton mm-hmm. to Monty Camera. Oh, yeah. The second round picks, I had no clue about him. Right when I made my YouTube video, I'm like, I got no clue who this is. So I looked him up. He was the 53rd or 52nd overall pick in this year's draft. A throw-in, so to speak. Drew Holiday, a 2029 unprotected Milwaukee first-round pick and an unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 28 and 2030 to the Blazers. Phoenix lands Yusuf Nurkic from the Blazers, Grayson Allen from the Milwaukee Bucks, Nazir Little from the Trailblazers, and Keon Johnson also from the Trailblazers. So again, stick with this trade. We won't get into what happened after this, what unfolded after this. This trade right here, starting off with the Blazers, Drew Holiday, Aiton, Camera, multiple picks. Nick, what was your take on the Blazers' acquisitions? Just from this trade specifically yes. or all the ones that Just from this one, okay. then we'll get into the one after. Okay. Um, well, for me personally, I really like it. I like how they were able to get a big man that didn't get a lot of recognition, especially the last few seasons. He was getting called a bust. Whenever he's clearly not a bust, he's still a top 12 center in the NBA. You know, he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. He just never really found a role on that team. And they got a lot of uh, publicity after the 2021 finals because they lost. And, you know, they were just saying that he could have done a lot more as far as guarding Giannis. But I think that this going forward in the future is going to do a lot for the team. So, Yeah, I would say – what would you – What do we, before I say what I'm going to say, what would you give your grade? A. A? Very close to an A. A plus. Okay. So 20 <clears> – <throat> 2029 Milwaukee when Giannis is gone when exactly. when Damian Lillard has been retired for five years when Chris Melton's been retired for for five years they're going to be the worst team in the NBA so five years is like not right from like now well, yeah but I, I mean Dame's <laughs> 35 he doesn't he ain't got too much longer yeah. yeah but I know what you mean though I was thinking that exact same thing at that point Giannis could still be a buck, but he'll be older in his career. He'll be I mean, he says he wants to win, so I don't know oh, if he'll the Bucks are going to be winning he'll in 2029. No, no, but my point is exactly what he'll Nick be said. King. Chris Middleton will be retired. Brooke Lopez will be retired. Damian Lillard, probably. We'll see what, he'll probably, I don't know, because if, if he's anything like Steph Curry, if he can shoot, he'll be in the league for a while. Even if he's not Damian Lillard He's just a little right more injury prone. That's the issue. Yeah, but that. if he can shoot, he'll be in the league until he can't shoot anymore. So, but yes, I completely agree that 2029 unprotected first round pick for Milwaukee could end up being a top three pick <clears throat> if Milwaukee is that bad. I completely agree there. DeAndre Ayton, I'm glad he's in a new setting. Maybe he can become that true top six center in the league. Because if you look at the centers right now, there's like two centers that are surefire top two, and then it drops off. Bam. Yeah. Top Bam. two. Well, and yeah, B- yeah, Embiid and Jokic, and then it drops off to Bam. Sabonis probably. Sabonis. Sabonis. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But you know what I mean? There's a, but there is a, not saying they're bad, but there is a major drop off after yeah. the top two. The top yeah. two are MVP candidates every year. After that, it kind of flies. Yeah. I mean, Anthony Davis title. would be up there too. But He's a powerful one. Think so? At this point, because, yeah, at this point. Point being, though, I like it. Still has potential to get higher in center, center rankings. And then Drew Holiday, which we'll talk about in a second after Jamie gets his take. They used his, he, they used his asset very well in a future thing we'll talk about in a few seconds you guys already know but just so we can keep it 
on track, Jamie. My grade, I would say before the second trade, this was a B minus for me. It changes once we go to the next trade, but a B minus right for now. For who? Just overall? The Blazers. For B the Blazers. minus for the Blazers? W originally, but it changes once we go to the next trade. Okay. So do you want me to give my take on the Blazers or just the Blazers? Okay, so for the Blazers, uh, you're gonna. Uh, I mean, my favorite part of this was the 2029 unprotected first from the Milwaukee Bucks for the reasons that we said. We're not sure if they're gonna even be that good at that point. You land DeAndre Ayton, who I think has the potential still to be one of the high-end centers in the NBA. He was a first-round pick for a reason. If he could really get strong and be like a stereotypical center, get rebounds, play defense down low, because we know he's not much of a shooter, play like that stereotypical center like he was meant to be being drafted first overall, I think he could be one of the high-end centers in the NBA. And then you get Drew Holiday, who I feel like everybody kind of knew was going to be traded. Uh, nonetheless and I know we're keeping it from the perspective of Drew Holiday being there in that trade initially so I would say I'd give it like a B B plus because I mean they weren't going to keep Drew Holiday anyway yeah I didn't um, think they were right I mean, when the trade went down I was yeah. like I knew he'd be flipped but that's why I kind of lowered the grade mm -hmm. at first because I was just like so it's really just DeAndre because we didn't know what they were going to get for Holiday yeah so but I didn't know when we time. get to that next trade that Blazers grade goes hey, way up for me I agree now moving on to the Phoenix Suns in this deal same thing we just did what's your take on the Suns this, okay well as a big Suns hater, I have to give them an A. Mm -hmm. An A, just straight up. You know, they got really good depth now, really good defense, really good shooting. Um, the only concern really is Yusuf Nurkic's health. If he is not good as far as being healthy-wise, then that's not a good thing to be running Bull Bull as your center. I guess yeah. really KD would be your starting center because you would be more concerned about the depth. KD is going to have to play a lot this season. Devin Bucker's going to have to play a lot. Bradley Beal's going to have to play a lot. Um, but specifically Beal and KD, them two – are pretty injury prone the last five years so I mean that's a bit of a concern for the team but and then having Nurkic too but I think the deal itself is really good for depth so would you give the grade A A alright so for the Phoenix Suns I think Aiton is better than Nurkic but, but the for the yes no. exactly for the fit of the Phoenix Suns Nurkic can space the floor a lot more again health is a question mark there but besides that he I think he's a way better fit for the Suns roster can run better he's just you know I think he just fits this, the way this team wants to play. I'd give him around an A to A minus, just because it was nothing amazing. But Grayson Allen is huge. Their best player That's off the huge. bench before this was Yuta Watanabe, Eric Gordon, that type of realm. Grayson Allen is a starting shooting guard because he's like that grit and I'd grind. I'd start him personally. I mean, you're not gonna start him over Beeler. No, I'd okay. put him at the three. He's too Kogi. small to be. Well, Kogi's same height. But I'd rather start a Kogi because his defense is way better. I think Allen's a better scorer. Grayson Allen's a great Grayson Allen's a great scorer, great defender. This is great off the bench to lead that second unit. Nazir Little, similar concept to Grayson Allen defensively, but offensively, that game, that part of his game has never really developed, but still a great defensive presence to come off the bench. And then Keon Johnson, a young guard. We'll see what he can do. I doubt he's going to get much PT, but again, a young guard for this team with no playmaker. Yeah, they have no playmaking whatsoever. Like I said, I'd say A to A minus. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go into that same range for mine. I, I'm going to stick with Nick here and go A. Um, not leaning, I'm not going to – I'm going to lean towards a high-end A, not A+, plus, but a solid A. They get a lot in return for DeAndre Ayton. And what I like about getting Yusuf Nurkic is he's not – Damian Lillard. What? Oh, DeAndre Ayton, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, no. I'm tripping. Yeah. What I like about Yusuf Nurkic over DeAndre Ayton is Nurkic isn't really a question mark. 
uh, when he's playing. You know what you're going to get out of Yusuf Nurkic. He's going to get you boards. He's going to set very good screens. He can score on the inside. Where DeAndre Ayton, you don't really know what you're going to get from him night after night. He could have a terrible game. He could have a great game. But, I, I mean, what I like from Nurkic is he's going to do his role. He's going to be that big body down low. Grayson Allen, he's going to be phenomenal off the bench. Again, I'd, I would keep him on the bench just for his scoring because I think the, the Suns' starting rotation has enough scoring as it is uh, with Booker and Beal and KD. I think they're fine starting. Grayson Allen leading that bench unit is going to be phenomenal both offensively and defensively. And then Nasir Little and Keon Johnson, two guys that can hopefully progress. And Nasir Little, what I do like is he's 6'5", but he has a 7'2 wingspan, so he's going to be great defensively. Keon Johnson can hopefully progress into that playmaker that the Suns need. So, again, I'm going to give them that A for their grade. I really like what Phoenix gets. Let me add one more thing. Uh, as far as the Yusuf Nurf- Nurkic thing, there's one thing that'll stop me from making my A+, and I, I kind of forgot to say it, and it was that with the DeAndre Ayton thing last season, a big reason why they were able to get past like the Clippers and won a, a good amount of games against Denver was because of how good Ayton is against the like overseas centers that can't really play that good of defense, that don't guard up. Like My big issue with that was Zubak specifically wouldn't cover up on him at the top of the key. Aiden and he would always just you know kind of do like a mid-range floater or something like that and so I think that they're going to miss a lot of having a a really dominant big so I think that'll have like a bit of a a issue I guess you could say but I mean other than that though I think that this was a really good trade yeah now moving on to the biggest part not that the ones aren't important but Damian Lillard Damian Lillard the Milwaukee Bucks just get Damian Lillard as they should have they shouldn't get anything else what is your take on that? My grade is a C plus. Um, wow. Well, you trade, you trade a lot. You trade. I don't know why you trade those picks for a thirty-five year old player who. Yeah, is he thirty? I, I mean, don't think he's, 30. he's thirty-four, thirty-five, maybe thirty-three. But I know he's turning thirty-four soon. Regardless, though, I mean, it's just it's yeah. not a beneficial trade for five years from now. Because I mean, there's a lot of teams. Championship though, that's what their goal is. But here, this is what I was about to say. There's a lot of teams, even without this next trade being mentioned that are not scared of them at all because he's a he's a, a under average defender um he's not the best playmaker you just traded the best perimeter defender in the NBA arguably either him or Marcus Smart and you know you you lose Grayson Allen you trade two first round picks i think that as far as for this season that's cool but you know you don't know, you never know with Damian Lillard being how injury prone he's been lately so i mean that's why it's a C plus C for me. I mean, fair argument. I would just say, I mean, I completely agree with all your takes. I just can't drop it to a C area just because it's Damian Lillard. So just on paper, Damian Lillard for Drew Holiday is an upgrade, but I completely agree. They lose a lot defensively. They lose a lot to an aging team depth-wise. Grayson Allen is one of the younger players on this roster. Not saying he was going to develop into something great. He was gonna, he's already developed into who he's going to be, most likely. But he was young and healthy. Chris Milton is not young. He hasn't seemed to be They're staying healthy. healthy. Yeah. Brooke Lopez has been healthy. I can't knock him for that, but he is getting older, and I don't know how much longer that will last. Point being, I'm going to give him a A- minus because Damian Lillard holds that much weight for me personally in my grade. I know you're not the biggest Dame lover, but I know you should. I think, I think you respect his game. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. But for me, I highly respect Damian Lillard's game. So for me, it's an A- minus just because of the fact it's Damian Lillard <laughs> pairing up with Giannis, but I completely agree with all your points because, I mean, I'd make them myself. Lost a lot of depth defensively. 
took a big hit, but they still have enough for them to, <sighs> to be, be in the conference finals. Yeah. To be in the mm-hmm. conference finals. Yeah, I completely agree. So I'd say A minus. Yeah, I'm going to go with an A minus as well for the Milwaukee Bucks here. Uh, I really like the addition of Damian Lillard just because, yeah, they're going to lose a lot defensively, but it's not like now that they're lacking defensively. You have... I know they're definitely lacking. They're now. lacking a I'm lot. I'm not saying they're lacking a ton because Brooke Lopez is still... He was still number two on defensive perimeter. 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 Who's guarding Steph nope. Curry? Chris Milton's not guarding Steph Curry. Well, he's uh, a small well, let's just stay, let's stay in the Eastern Conference, though. Who's... Okay. Is Damian Lillard going to be able to guard who? He's not guarding Maxi. He's not guarding Harden. Garland. He's not guarding. Yeah, he's not guarding Halliburton. He's not guarding even Jordan Poole. I will give him credit though. There's not a lot of great guards as we just mentioned mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it's more better wings in the Eastern Conference. But even then, but you don't have great perimeter defense for wings. Chris Middleton's okay, but he's never been like a first team, a second team all defensive player. I mean, they lose a lot with Grayson Allen because he was the best perimeter defender besides Drew Holiday on the team. So, and they lost Javon Carter too. They lost a lot of defense this offseason. Their wing depth is great. They still got Jay Crowder. They still got Connington. It's just the guard depth. Uh, they did just sign campaign, but, I mean. He's all right. He's not, he's not bad. He's not great at all. So back to my point, uh, I think their defense is still fine. Yes, the perimeter is a bit of a question mark, but their interior defense, which was what I was trying to get at, uh, is still one of the top in the league when you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is arguably the best defender in the NBA, and Brooke Lopez, who was second in defensive player of the year last year. And age, for me, for Lopez, is not that big of a deal. Dikembe Mutombo won a defensive player of the year at 35. Why couldn't Brooke Lopez? So I think interior defense, they're just fine. Yes, Damian Lillard's a question mark on defense perimeter, but there's not a ton of great guards uh, in the Eastern Conference, so it's not going to be a huge hit. There's still some talent, but... I mean, if you think about it, he's the best guard in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, he probably is. If you think about the top top three guards, off off the top of my head, my opinion, but Kari, Luka, SGA, Mm -hmm. right behind him to some extent is Damian Lillard. He's the best in the Eastern Conference. I wouldn't put him at four. As far as who would be, be your four? He's probably in the West. I have John Morant. West. That's West. Rather, oh, we're saying Eastern-wise. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not ranking East. I'm just saying for he's probably the best. I'm taking the yeah, over Harden. Yeah, I, I could agree with that to an extent, but it just depends on how much of a jump we see like Halliburton and Garland have because they're still yeah. 22 years old. I think so. Halliburton's going to be very good. this year, though, Damian Lillard is still going to be a lot better I mean, we'll see. Garland. It just depends. This is the first time he's going to be playing with Giannis. Or, I mean, he obviously he had all-stars with him before. Not you know, like, not, not Aldridge. Like this, yeah. And, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, when he played with Dame, he was probably a top three power forward in the league at that time. But he's obviously never played with, you know, the best player in the NBA. So, 100%. But I do think it'll put a little bit of a damper on his points. He'll probably only average around 22 points per game. No but way. He's going to average 30 points no. per game still. No, this is not 2K, dude. No. There's no Who, shot. Willard? Yeah, he's, he's still going to average near 30 points per game. I think it's a, his assist totals no will go shot. up, which was another well, whole point whole I was trying to hit. Well, I mean, when you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, it's not really hard for your assist totals he's to a not, like, heavy, not go up. He's not amazing. He's not going to average 22. That's he'll, way too low. He'll average maybe 25. I don't see I mean, that. still, very, I think that's enough to win a championship. I think at the very least oh, it's 20. Title. I think no, at the no very shot. least. Well, I mean, nobody hey, thought that he was going to the finals. Different argument, different argument. I think at the very least, 25. Yeah, I could see him averaging 25, but 30 is insane. He won't average 30 with Giannis is averaging 32. I think it's going to be more guys like Chris Middleton who average maybe like 15 points per game because he's... I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But So, like, so Dame's going to still be able to do his I thing. I think that he'll average around like 25, but like I don't think that it's going to be around 30. We shall see. That's definitely a good argument to have. Moving on to the trade that preceded this one a few days later over this past weekend. I'm pumped, but 
I want to hear from you guys first. So instead of going Nick, myself, Jamie, I want to go Nick, Jamie, then myself. So we'll switch it up a little bit. Also, Jamie doesn't have to be last like he always is. Sorry, Jamie. So we'll start off with Nick. Let's just go through you the trade. read it or you? I can do it okay. if you want. So the trade went down per Woj. I started screaming. Jamie can tell the story if he wants. But the Celtics are trading Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, a 2024 Golden State first-round pick. I'm protected that they got from Memphis in the Marcus Smart trade to the Blazers for, of course, Drew Holiday. Again, I'll go last. But, Nick, start us off. What is your take on this? Give us the trade grade for the Blazers for the Blazers? Yes. Or not the Celtics? We'll start off just talking about the Blazers. Okay. So. For the Blazers, I mean, this is once again an A+. You get two first-round picks. Who knows how Golden State is this year with the, the one of the oldest teams in the NBA. They could be right where they were in 2020, be in the play-in race. You know, Jordan Poole is a really big asset for them as far as being a good team with depth. Um, not to say that they probably won't be a, a playoff team, but still. And then... It's a little bit of a different situation with the 2029 first-round pick as far as what they got from from uh, Milwaukee because in 2029, Tatum will still probably only be 29. Sorry, is it 24 Golden State first unprotected, then the 2029 unprotected Boston? Yeah. Okay, I just forgot to say. I said 2029 Golden State pick. But oh, you, you, okay. got it. you got it. Yeah, yeah, but like Tatum will still be maybe 30. So, I mean, that's not the greatest pick that they're getting because he'll, you know, him and Brown will still be over there being the best team in the Eastern Conference. But, um, you know, as far as the assets they got, Robert Williams, how old is he, like 26, 25? Not even. He's probably 25. Um, well, and then nevertheless, you have Malcolm Brogdon, who is a, a huge trade asset. 25, could, yeah. Yeah, you could get, you know, there's a, a realm of possibility where you could and uh, you could put him in a three-team trade and he could go somewhere. He could go to Miami. He could go to Philadelphia. He's supposed to go, go to yeah, If he go to the Sixers, you could get – the Sixers, the, uh, the Clippers. You could get, like, Bones Highland, some other stuff like that. So it's just – it's interesting to see what they'll do with that. They could seriously rack up another three or four first-round picks from the Dame trade and, you know, be in the same position that the Thunder are in. Did you see that Malcolm Brogdon chose to war number 92? I saw that. What? He won't be wearing yeah, a Portland He probably shirt. chose that just to troll. Yeah. Because yeah. I he saw knows it. he won't be in, yeah. wearing that jersey. Um, so, yeah, I mean, A+. Plus. All right, Jamie. So we're talking about the Blazers? Yep. All right, yeah, this is an A+, plus, without a doubt. Uh, I think this is a win-win trade for both sides. But the Blazers, I mean, five years from now, might be the best team in the NBA. Um, or at least up there, at least in the Western Conference. I'm really liking what they're building because me and Nick were talking five about this years, earlier. Man, at five years, Aiton and Robert Williams will be 30. I mean, maybe even three years then. Because I, we were, me and Nick were talking earlier. If Scoot Henderson can play like Russell Westbrook did in his first or in his what second or third year in the NBA, the Blazers are going to be phenomenal. When you have guys like Robert Williams, who's one of the top defenders in the NBA, Brogdon, who won't be on the team, I think they're going to get a lot of assets out of him because a lot of teams are going to want to offer up for one of the top uh, six men in the NBA he could who could start. start. Most yeah, teams. I was going to start. He, he was starting in uh, Indiana before he went to the Celtics, but then he turned into one of the best six men in the NBA. Uh, probably the best six man in the NBA. And then you get those first round picks from Golden State in 2024 and that 2029 unprotected Boston pick, which will probably both be low, but then you're gonna you have a ton of other picks. You're just gonna you're gonna be just fine. Um, but I really like the core that the Blazers have built with Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, Robert Williams, DeAndre Aiden, and a bunch of other guys. I'm loving what they're doing out there and I'm excited for for Portland basketball now. Alrighty, so the Portland Trailblazers, I originally said, what, like a C-plus, B-minus range. This trade went down, it shot it up to an A. A-plus for me is kind of hard to get. Like, you got to be, like, 
Sam Presti, the Oklahoma City Thunder, or Danny Ainge, like, for me to give you an A+. I'm not even going to give the Celtics an A+, when we come to me. But anyways, A, right near an A+, you get Robert Williams, one of the best young defenders in the league. Health is the question, though. Health when it matters. Luckily for Portland, they probably won't need a lot of health when it matters because they're probably not going to... They could be a plan team. We'll see, but they're probably not going. They're definitely not going to be a playoff team this year. Not maybe not year one for sure. But imagine a low post presence of Aiton and Robert Williams. The only problem is neither of them. Robert Williams has worked on his shot, but neither of them are real power forwards. Yeah. That's the only problem. It's like having Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez. I don't know. It's like they're both just like centers. What I will say to that though is that Aiton did play power forward in college. So I mean, he he has experience, and he did say he wanted to do that. So I mean. That could if but it's kind of like Cat and Rudy. It's kind of like Cat. A better example. Forget what I said two seconds ago. Cat and Rudy Gobert. Neither of them are. Cat's yeah. a good power forward, but he's more of a center. Yeah, he's just a horrible at defense. But yeah. now you have two amazing defenders. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that definitely is two amazing defenders. They still got Jeremy Grant, who just they just gave a bag to. Who's going to be there? Trade him until January fifteenth. Yep, you can't trade him for a bit. But definitely a great haul. Malcolm Brogdon. Same thing's going to happen to him. Drew Holiday did. Probably mm-hmm. by next podcast, he'll be on a new home. As training camp is starting, you want to get him out as soon as possible. And then the 2024 Golden State first-round pick. That one, I think, could be a late lottery pick. I don't, I'm not high on the Warriors. Yeah. They're probably going to be a play-in team, right, or right outside of it, in my opinion. And not outside of it as on the good side, on the bad side. I think they could be the 14th pick, the last pick in the lottery. I think it could be anywhere from 13 to 20. Because I think they could still be solid. I mean, they got the pieces. They, I mean, they got Curry, Clay, and Dre. They're always going to be solid. And Wiggins. But I also think it could be around 13 and they're going to be like a playing team or right outside of it in my opinion and then the Celtics 29 unprotected pick I agree may not be too valuable but if Jalen Brown's out of there and Jason Tatum is like oh I don't want to be here anymore goes to the Lakers play like Mm -hmm. Kobe that pick there's a lot of variables that could crash and that pick could be extremely valuable maybe we'll see moving on to the Boston Celtics though Nick trade grade on the Celtics getting Drew Holiday and now they're starting five. The whole deal, what is your opinion? Uh, for me, it's an A+. Um, I know that you said you're not giving an A+. I'm giving an A+. This is arguably, probably is the best perimeter defender in the NBA. Probably is the, be- the best guarding, the best defender of point guards in NBA history besides Gary Payton, who I would still be really close to. You don't got a deep point like Smart. He should, though. Um, maybe he will this year since he's on Boston. But, um, you know... You go back, specifically what I was looking at a couple days ago was the Pelican series against uh, Portland, like 2018, 2017, something like that. And Drew Holiday held Damian Lillard to like 16 points, points, points per game. He was locking them up, and that's exactly what will happen if they play in the conference finals, you know. So, I mean... Having the having Drew replacing Drew Holiday or Mark, Marcus Smart for Drew Holiday, who's a better playmaker, a better defender. Well, I mean, would you? What would you say? They're on par. I mean, par. Smart I does have even. Smart does have the deep boy. Drew Holiday doesn't. So for me, I, I can't say Drew Holiday's better, but I say they're just as good. But offensively, he, he smokes. Oh, Marcus he's Smart. better in every asset of the, uh, facet of the game. And but I would say also him. He's being, an all star. Yeah, him being six foot five, six six. 
that gives you one of the, the taller lineups in the NBA as well. So we'll see what they'll do as far as the starting lineup. I'd assume it'll be Drew, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Horford, and then Porzingis. And then in my opinion, if everybody's healthy, that's the best starting five in NBA And history. you can also throw White in there if you want to go a little little bit different. Yeah, and then, but if you do the Horford, the Horford the way, that's the Horf- yeah. best, best lineup in the history of the NBA. I just don't know if – I'll let you talk in a second, Jamie. I just want to say it, to respond to the Horford thing is he's getting older. I don't know if they want him to – at this point, I don't know if they're I would rather have him start than come off the bench, in my opinion. And then and then bring in – I, I, I know you guys brought in winning Gabriel, but I don't even know if he's going to make that he's team. On a, but, but he's better. In my opinion, from watching him whenever Westbrook was on the Lakers, I liked him a lot. I think he's better than Cornette defensively. Mm, we'll see. But, yeah, Jamie, go ahead. He's good in L.A. too. Uh, yeah, I think this is an A for the Boston Celtics just because uh, I know I keep bringing it up, but they did lose some pieces off the bench. I'm not sure how I'm feeling about it, but Drew Holiday is going to add an entire new element to this offense. Um, he's arguably the best defender in the NBA, especially on the perimeter side of things. You lose Marcus Smart, you replace him with something even better with Drew Holiday. Uh, you do lose Time Lord and Malcolm Brogdon. Um, you know, that sucks, obviously. But they're going to be just fine. The Celtics are the favorite in the Eastern Conference. They're my favorites to win the NBA championship this year, and they're going to be very, very good. This is an A for me just because I am a little worried about the bench. We'll see how that plays out. But when you're getting a guy like Drew Holiday, an all-star, now you have, what, four all-stars in your starting lineup, and then Derek White, who was an all-defensive uh, NBA selection, the Celtics are going to be fine. They're, going to, they're probably going to win this championship. Yeah, I'm going to give it an A. Like I said, I'm not going to give A pluses. You got to be Sam Prestier, Danny Ainge, like really fleecing teams to get an A+. So I'm going to give it an A, right under an A+, not an A-, right in the middle, an A. Fabulous acquisition. I mean, you lose Marcus Smart, you upgrade it with Drew Holiday. This is the way I look at it. You lose Grant Williams, you lose Robert Williams, you replace that with Kristaps Porzingis. Upgrade. So everything they've done this offseason has upgraded the their roster to having four all-stars in the starting lineup. I will say though, the bench is a little lacking, but you only need an eight to nine man rotation to win a championship, to have like a playoff roster. They, they shorten it from like 11 to 10 to eight or nine. You got White, Holiday, Tatum, Brown, Kristaps. I know that obviously wasn't in the right order for the starting lineup, but I'm just naming those five guys. Off the bench, you got Peyton Pritchard, Brissett, Lamar Stevens. That's eight guys right there. You need Cornette. I expect them to go out and get a better backup center at some Dwight point. Dwight Howard or DeMarcus Cousins? I just don't I don't think they're very valuable right now. I Dwight Howard would be really good. Really good. Jermichael Green. Uh, I'd rather have oh, Jermichael Green. You know what? Bismack Biombo. That's who you guys should get. I, I love Bismack. I was hearing that our rebounding might suffer, which I disagree with because when you're locking up everyone, they're not going to be able to get Tatum's a great rebounder, too. Also, yeah, Tatum and Brown have jumped up, especially last year, and it's going to transfer this year, so much defensively. Kristaps, yeah. just his presence alone. He's not maybe not the best statistical defender, but his Seven presence three. alone, right? And then you still have Al Horford, who's one of the best defenders in the league. Yes, his age is a concern for me, but he's still one of the best defenders until he proves otherwise. A lot like Brooke Lopez. I can't say I can't knock him for his age because he hasn't got hurt yet. Knock on wood, and he's still playing at a high level. So the yeah. same thing applies for Al Horford there. His age hasn't seemed to slow him down. But yeah, I gotta give it an A. I love this move for the Celtics. Jordan Walsh, another guy who could play a huge role defensively for the Celtics team. Their defense is gonna be insane. If anything, if Peyton Pritchard doesn't produce, we try to get a better backup point guard. If the center doesn't look like it's lacking a little bit, we try to make a move there. But other than that, our wing depth is insane. I absolutely love it. We have great intensity. 
I just need Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to step up as leaders, and everything will be cool. But now, Jamie kind of mentioned odds a little bit. The odds have shifted. So after the original trade, the Bucks clearly jumped up to number one favorites to win this year's NBA Finals. After the Drew Holiday trade, people can't make up their minds in Las Vegas, and it is now tied for the best NBA Finals odds per the FanDuel Sportsbook, per Sham Serrania. So if you're a betting man, or men, because there's more than just one of you, who makes it out of the East? The Bucks or the Celtics in a seven-game series? You can go ahead. Jimmy can go first. Who, me? Yeah. I think it's – I really like this matchup. It would be an absolute movie to watch. I just love the, the offensive – uh, game from both sides, but Drew Holiday is kind of known as the Damian Lillard stopper, and I'd like to see that play out in a seven-game series, and you have guys like Giannis taking on uh, Jason Tatum and all these other mismatches and matchups, but I think I'm going to take up the Celtics in uh, seven games. Well, uh, for me personally, I think that Boston will be probably lifting that 18th banner this year, and they won't lose too many games in the playoffs. They almost are as good to me as the 2000-2001 Lakers. I don't think they'll lose a game in the playoffs. They're going to lose wow. a game. I don't think so. They're going to lose a game because they have... Maybe in the first round, but they're not... Okay, the who, was, there, who was the coach them. in 2000-2001? Uh, Phil, Phil Jackson. Right, we don't got Phil Jackson. Hey, man, you never know what Missoula can do. I, don't get me wrong, I do think a full year, because Missoula got thrown in there, like if one of us got thrown in to be the Alabama men's basketball coach. Like he was just an assistant, didn't know what was going to happen. He just got thrown in there. Mm-hmm. I think pure... So, go ahead. No, I was going to say, a year under his belt now, he's going to be a lot better. And he's got Sam Cassell. And he's also yeah, got, that's Who's insane. that guy from the Bucks? I'm blanking right now. They got that guy from the Bucks, who's their assistant coach last year. I know who you're talking about, but name-wise, I couldn't tell you. But anyways, they got two great assistants, and that's definitely going to be really clutch to yeah, help I mean, out Joe Yeah, going to be really – they now get Sam Cassell, who I think should be a head coach in the NBA, but for whatever reason, he can't land that job. But – um. Yeah, as far as that goes, though, they're going to be one of the best coach teams in the NBA. On talent, as far as talent and on paper, they're the best team in basketball that we've seen since the 17-18 Warriors, uh, or 16-17, one of the two of those teams. But I don't see them losing losing also, games. We also brought in Phil Pressey to be an assistant coach, former Celtics legend, not really. Charles Lee, okay. that's what I was thinking of, from the Milwaukee Bucks last year. Very, very good assistant coach for the Celtics now. And he just did a lateral move. People thought, because he was up... He was going to be in conversations for the Bucks head coaching job, the Raptors. He did a lateral move, assistant coach to assistant coach, to just be, just to come to the Celtics. That says a lot right there. But now to finish off with this segment, we did our power rankings the past two weeks of our shows. And obviously things might, maybe, I don't know, we'll see, have fluctuated for some of us. So we'll start it off with the Blazers, their part, because obviously we're not going to go through all 30 teams again. We're going to go from around 25 to 30, wherever you have the Blazers, Say where you originally had them, and then say where you have them now. So I'll start it off with, I had the Blazers originally at 28. I wasn't too high on them, obvious reasons. But now, I'm still not extremely high on them, but I'm higher. They've moved to 26. So they've passed the Wizards, the Jazz, and the Hornets to move up to 26. I have the Raptors at 25. I still think they're slightly better because they have proven to be a solid team I've lost a lot of belief in the Raptors that's why they're 25 but they have proven to still be a solid team so for that reason 26 so they moved up a few spots for me how about you Jamie 
Yeah, so I also have the Blazers taking a jump in my power rankings. Last week I had them sitting at 28, and this week I have them move, moving up to 25, moving above the San Antonio Spurs, the Utah Jazz, and the Toronto Raptors, like Alex just mentioned. Um, only because I really like what the Blazers bring to the table. You're bringing in a couple of experienced guys like Robert Williams and DeAndre Ayton, who have experience in the NBA, unlike your, your front court mostly, but uh, I, I'm really liking what the Blazers are doing. I think Shaden Sharp's going to progress a lot this year. Jeremy Grant just got a big deal. Not sure how long he's going to be in Portland. Uh, and then Scoot Henderson, I think, could be a big impact off the jump. I'm not, I mean, he's a rookie. We'll see what happens. Jaden Ivey didn't do a ton off the jump last year, but Scoot Henderson's, I think, different. I think he's going to be very good. And that moves him above the Spurs, Jazz, and Raptors to my 25 spot. I think I had them around the 29, 29 spot. They jumped to like 22, 23 for me. I think they'll be a play-in team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that they'll be a – not a play-in team. I think they'll be right outside of it, though. All right, so then for the top five, because that's where we obviously had the Bucks and Celtics originally, my bias is not coming in, all right? I have no change in my power rankings. The Nuggets stay at one because they were the NBA champions, and they – because I have not been proven that that starting five we have assembled works. It could completely fail. Do I think it's going to fail? No, because it looks like a very well-assembled starting five. But I need to see it work. We've seen the Nuggets starting five work, and not just work, win a damn championship. So that's why they are still one for me. And they also lost a lot of depth this offseason, but so arguably a little bit the Celtics did too. So I don't have any changes there. The Nuggets at one, Celtics at two. And I still have the Lakers over the Bucks because the Lakers' depth is insane. The Bucks lost depth in this deal and just over the summer in general, losing Javon Carter, who wasn't in this trade, just lost him in the summer in general. The Lakers added so much. They could go one to 13, and I'd probably be content with all of them playing a little bit of minutes. Yeah. Obviously, the better guys are going to play more, but I could probably look at the 13th and be like, yeah, I could see him getting some rotational. Max Christie is probably who that is. I could yeah. see him getting some rotational minutes. The Bucks stay at four because, yes, they got better, but they, as, as Nick has said, they went from the second seed in the East to the second seed in the East. Yes, Damian Lillard is a major upgrade, but they lost a lot. And then I got the Suns still at five because – I haven't seen what this super team looks like, so they can't jump into my top four. We know what Giannis is. We know what Brooke Lopez is. We know what Chris Middleton is. Yes, Dame is a new addition. we got to see it. But the Suns, that's like all new. I mean, Kevin Durant only played eight regular season games last year with the Suns, so it's still new for him too. This is all very new. So my top five, surprisingly, no bias. It doesn't change. Interesting. I like it a lot. I could, I could definitely see that that you know happening but uh my I mean, top this is three coming into the year give me a month the Celtics will jump up to one yeah, yeah, yeah um my top three ended up changing I originally had the Nuggets at one Celtics at two the Bucks at three uh I'm actually gonna move the Nuggets down to three move the other teams up one mm. um I'm really liking what the Celtics are gonna do this year uh they're gonna be they're my championship favorite like I stated earlier they're they have an all-star lineup uh, they're they're going to be very good. Now the reason I'm dropping the Nuggets to three and the Bucks up to two is because I view the Bucks trade for Damian Lillard uh, as to make a little comparison as to Christian McCaffrey being traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Originally that trade was graded as a C plus by CBS, C minus by uh, other people, and a lot of people stated, oh, they traded a ton of picks away for this aging running back who's injury prone and hasn't played over a year and a half. 
And now look at Christian McCaffrey. He's an MVP candidate and one of the best running back, and is the best running back in the NFL. And I can I can kind of see the Damian Lillard trade panning out that way. You're getting rid of a lot of assets, but you're gaining you're gaining a player who can completely change the the what's the word I'm trying to look for completely change what what your roster plays and looks like and I think Damian Lillard can kind of move the Bucks up another tier an, another echelon a little bit and make them not really an all-time roster but but more of a championship contender than you guys are kind of giving them credit for so uh, I think I, the Bucks I mean, are I think they're just sleeper. coming into the year not for a guy it's that can't even put a, bring a team into the play in and that's what they said about Christian McCaffrey he, he couldn't stay on the field basketball. I'm just saying that's a comparison I'm making I think it's it can 100% happen. I think Damian Lillard can completely change the Milwaukee Bucks to be a championship contending team and kind of, you know, give the Celtics a run for their money on the East. And now I still think the Nuggets are the top team in the Western Conference. That doesn't change for me whatsoever. Um, but I, I'm really liking what the Bucks and Celtics are looking like. But Celtics are now my number one guy. Uh, for me, I will move Boston to number one, and then I'll move Denver to two. Then I'll have the Lakers at two, three, and then I'll have the Bucks at four. So they don't move for me. Clippers why? stay at five. Why such a? Why do you drop the Nuggets? Because Boston's just going to be insane. I mean, they're they're not going to lose a lot of games this season. I don't. I mean, they'll they'll be one of the best teams of all time. They'll have one of the best records of all time. Really? They don't have many injury prone players on the team. There's not Chris Dobbs. Chris Dobbs. But he had a healthy. No, no, no. He did have a healthy year last year. And the last few since he got traded to Dallas, he's been a very healthy player. Yeah, but he's definitely. I'm interested to see how the sitting rule affects, maybe not the Celtics, but... It won't affect you guys at all. If anything, I mean, we could just rotate them one at a time and have them sit. Yeah, I mean, you, there, there's a potential world. I see the Celtics going 70 and 12. Wow. Nah. I, I can see it. Uh, I think it depends on Missoula at that point. No, see how he coaches. I think, well, yeah, sure. Because I think he got outcoached in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, OKC went 69 and 13 one season when it was just Westbrook and KD on the team. If this team can't do something close to that, then. But I think the NBA has changed since then. It was probably more deep back then, though. I mean, that's like 2011. I think I do. I do expect 58 plus wins. I'd say 60 minimum. Because you guys won almost 60 last year. I'd say okay, yeah, fair. It's got to be like 65 minimum. But 65, that's crazy. That's a lot of wins. This team is going to be really, really insane. I mean, I mean, I agree. I, I just, and I kind of, to an extent, disagree with the Dame thing, just because. I mean, dude, he couldn't even get the team to the plane. Like, but come that's on because now. he didn't have great talent around him. I mean, Jeremy Grant's pretty, pretty you have, good. You have the best player in the world. With Giannis, yeah. But if Dame's not doing it, Giannis is going to do it. And again, I still think the Celtics are better. Obviously, I still think Denver's better. But if they are to beat the Celtics, and they play even Denver or the Lakers, for one, LeBron is—I don't get the LeBron hate him being out of the top five. Even that's just a joke. It's just hating. He's—he's he's a top five player in the league still. Anthony Davis is better mm. than than uh, Damian Lillard in my opinion. Oh. I mean, I would take. I don't care about health as far as that goes. I'm not talking about healthy. health. Just who do I want? Anthony Davis. No. Who has a title? You know, it doesn't I mean, matter. Who do I want to take my last shot? Dame. I mean, there's Dame. a lot of players I'd rather have taking my shot. Russell Westbrook. Dame is uh, Westbrook has the... more clutch shots than him. No, but Dame like I'm just saying, though. Players of all time. Who, 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 who? I'm just saying, Damian Lillard. I'd rather, I'd rather, I right now, I take Damian Lillard over anyone on the Boston Celtics taking my last shot. That's yeah. insane. I agree. Right now, For one one shot he made. That's, that's not well, one. He, he also sent the Rockets he got, home. Yep. Oh, when two, he was like his second two shots. I'm not comparing him to Westbrook. 
I'm, I'm not talking about Warner. This is. Not that's, I know that's where your head's at. I know it's where your head's at. Oh well, I mean, if we want to bring in Westbrook, we don't. I'm want not to comparing him. I just know that. I'm just saying history. that's where your. I can. I'm assuming that's where your head's at. No, I mean this has nothing to do with Russ. It just has to do with. He's getting a little bit of is he, uh, overrated right now. We've seen time after time these stars go to go to these teams and then not be what they were on their on their old team. James Harden is 50 times better than Dame has ever been, and the second he got traded to Brooklyn, it was just got better on Philly. right right down the mountain. That's because it was a just weird situation. I mean, and then even on Philly. But I, mean, I also think that was a, a situation of I mean, clashing egos with Kyrie and KD. I think there's not really as many big egos in Milwaukee. I mean, Giannis has always been a not. Like, Giannis doesn't have an ego. Yeah, Giannis like, doesn't have an ego at all. Kind of does. I mean, who disses a team that they were on for 11 years? It's just, it's going to come back to bite them. But, I mean, that's we'll just see. I was the first one to hate Dame for making this whole trade thing difficult. I just think, again, Tatum's better than Dame. But I'd trust Dame more taking my last shot. Yeah, but yeah, right as now. far as duo-wise, I think Tatum's not too far off from Giannis. I think oh, I, I agree. It's three. He's the third best player in the NBA. And then Tatum. Yes. Who? No. Well, maybe Steph over him. I mean, um, t- Tatum right now he's coming into the year. Three. He's it's Jokic. He's then probably Giannis, like five or six. Five for or best six. players in the league. It, yeah, it's Giannis uh, then, or it's Jokic. I got my Giannis. notes right here because I was doing this by myself. This was nothing to do with the podcast, but I got my notes right here. My top six players coming into this year, I did this like over the summer, but it still applies. Jokic, Giannis, yeah. Yeah. Luka, Embiid, mm-hmm. Kari, Tatum. Okay, well, Luka has to I could there. see Luka being there because I kind of forgot about him for a minute, but Tatum, Tatum's four. Embiid, we see what he is every single summer. I think Embiid's year. a little overrated. Yeah, I, I, but I think Tatum and Luka are 3A and 3B. I'm taking and, Luke over and Tatum. And if Tatum does what he showed this season, if he averages 30 yeah. and they're the first seed in the Eastern Conference, he'll be the MVP of the league. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think as the season goes on, Tatum can jump up to the top three. He can four. be the best player in the NBA by, by this time next year. That's what we can be saying. Jokic is so dominant and Giannis is so dominant. Yeah, but if Tatum, now Tatum's a better scorer overall, but Tatum can't dominate. Oh, yeah, he's not as dominant. I, I agree like completely. But, like, if we go back to looking at how dominant players are, like, would you say that Kobe's better than Shaq? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Tatum is basically a six foot nine Kobe. I mean, that's fair. I just think, Jok- I just think Jokic touches more parts of the game. Than oh, Jokic is great. I mean, I think that Jokic is so far ahead of everybody right now, honestly. I don't think it's close as people think it is. I think Jokic is up here, then Giannis is here, then Tatum's like there. Right now. I mean, look at what he just did in the playoffs. Yeah, that that I mean, team had no all stars. This has to be the first time since like two thousand eight or nine that we've seen a team with Jamal no, play like an all star. Yeah, but I'm saying you know in the all star game yeah. alongside Jokic has to be the first time since the nineties or two thousands for this to happen since the Dirk Mavs. Yeah, I know it sounds like I'm hitting on t- my own guy Tatum. I'm not. I just think for me, as I've been saying this before, he's a superstar. But for me to put him like a top three to best player in the league superstar, he has to be consistently great every night. And as of right now, I can't trust Tatum to be consistently great every night. So until he does that, which could ha- I think it's going to happen this year, I'm almost positive it's going to happen. I do too. He's only 25 years old. But he hasn't done it yet. He's good 98% of the time. But for him to be considered a top three player in my eyes, he's got to be – I got to look at him like I look at Giannis. I know every night Giannis can get me 30 points, no question. 10 rebounds, you know, 5 assists. Tatum, I'm not quite there yet. I know Jokic. Every single night he's going to be the best player on the court. Yeah, 30, 10, and 10. Tatum, 
not quite there, but I know he can do it this year. Yeah, I think he'll take a huge jump into this season just because he knows how much potential this team has. 100%. All right, and that's all we have for you guys this week. Thank you all for tuning in to WBUA 90.7 FM and the Full Court Press Podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on Instagram at fcppodcast underscore UA. See you all next week. Peace. WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa.